0: Welcome to Transformers, the podcast about how business people and policymakers are creating a sustainable future. I'm your host, Kai Embren. According to the UN, the global population is projected to reach 9 billion in 2050. Food production is one of the leading causes of climate change and creates between 25 to 30% of global greenhouse gas emissions every year. How can we feed the planet without costing the Earth? In a series of six episodes sponsored by Tetra Pak we will attempting to answer this question. Tetra Pak is a world leading food processing and packaging solutions company with a mission to accelerate decarbonisation and transform the world's food systems. In the six programs, we will talk to different stakeholders and explore how they are working to eliminate hunger and reduce the impacts of the food systems on the climate. Our program today is about food waste. Nearly 10% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions are related to food waste. The planet resources are limited and the number of people to be fed keeps growing. My guests today are working to solve this problem from different perspectives. I would like to welcome Francesco Falla, Vice President, Packaging Ambient Solutions at Tetra Pak, Axel Boetsjust, a recycling expert at the Swedish Consumer Cooperative and Sylvia Chin, CEO of Clear CO2, a company that reduces the greenhouse gases and converts food waste into money. I'm going to start with Francesco Falla. Francesco leads packaging solutions division at TETAPAC, a global key company in food processing and packaging. Packaging is at the heart of preserving food and avoiding waste. I know that TETAPAC has many initiatives to reduce food waste. Can you tell us about some of them?
1: Absolutely, Kai. And... uh... You mentioned already some uh, figures below and uh, I would like to build on them. And uh, today, if we look at the global food system, we know that uh, that is responsible for 26% of the global greenhouse uh, gas emission. And then if we consider that on the top of that uh, 26%, uh, we have that, 8% of those emissions are associated with food loss. Something that, I mean, it starts from from the fields, you can say, but then it is not reaching at the end the consumer. So it is clear that we need to tackle food waste. We can look also in another way. I mean, if food waste was a country, it would be the largest, the third largest gas emission contribution of CO2. So it is something that absolutely we need to tackle. And now, so we can say that in order to tackle the climate emergency, we need to tackle food waste. Packaging, and uh, I mean, now I will uh, tell you in which way then uh, uh, TetherPack is contributing, but in general, food packaging is contributing to reduce uh, the food waste. And maybe I can take it uh, from a value chain perspective. I mean, if we start from the farmers, uh, you know, one of the typical uh, product category that is packaged in our product uh, is milk dairy product. Well, we have uh, a program which is called Dairy Hub Model where we contribute to with the small farmers in developing countries to help them to provide competence to reduce the, the food waste and to be able to collect milk and process milk in a very efficient way. This program started back in 2011. And since then, we have reached almost 68,000 small farmers. These are very small and uh, and now we have 22 projects uh, ongoing so this is uh, just an example then um, if i continue along the value chain you know we have the the processing part because uh, typically uh, what is done to product before being a packet and put in a package is to thermally treat this product so we have a, a very unique uh, processing methodology uh, in which is developed you know tetrapak is processing it is packaging and it is also service so with our processing business unit we have a way to process soy beans and to produce soy drink and by our unique technology we can use the entire bean of the soy and in this way we can reduce the waste, I mean, typically there is the part, a large part that is not used and it is wasted. And then you get the product with a quite low fiber content. With our technology instead, we can have a product at the end that has 1.2% of fiber content and there is a reduction also of uh, of the soybeans waste.
0: Francesco, can you talk about the importance of the aseptic process and what it means to food processing?
1: Aseptic packaging is a technology by which you uh, thermally treat the product with uh, uh, either pasteurization or ultra high temperature process. So for a few seconds you bring up the product to very high temperature You kill all the possible pathogens, but you still preserve all the good qualities and nutrients of your product. And then you move this product with an aseptic transfer line into a sterilized, aseptically sterilized filling machines. It is a sterile environment. And then you pack under sterile condition, and you create at the end a product, packed in an aseptic package that can distribute at ambient temperature. Again, no refrigeration, no preservatives, and then preserving the quality of the product and nutrition for several months, I mean, one year or even more. Actually, the Institute for Food Technology defined aseptic packaging as the most important innovation in the food sciences of the 20th century. So this is also another element that within Tetra Pak, we can say that we are doing, we are using as a technology to address the food waste. Mm. You
0: you mentioned uh, innovation uh, when you're talking, Uh, which role play innovation in the process to reduce uh, the impact of waste?
1: Yes, let's say that is the, in Tetra Pak, uh, you know, if we look at the, just i would like to share just some numbers you know we're investing and we've been investing now for some years and we will continue in the next five to ten years uh, to invest something in the range of 100 million euro per year in innovation connected to sustainability i mean our total investment in innovation is even higher but for sure there is a very large part that goes uh, into sustainability and uh, it is we are tackling uh, uh, several areas. one area is uh, uh, for example the the structure of the packaging material i was mentioning to you of this uh, uh, sterile uh, environment and the settee packaging one element of the settee packaging is this uh, uh, the the structure of the packaging material where there is a paper board to give mechanical strength to the package and then uh, typically there is an aluminum layer to offer a barrier to oxygen, to light, because also light and oxygen can impact the product inside. And then there is a very thin layer of plastic that is meant to create, uh, let's say, a waterproof uh, structure. Now, our innovation is going in the direction of increasing the renewability and recyclability of this structure. So what are we doing? We're increasing the content of paper fiber because in this way, we can uh, we increase the possibility to recycle the packaging. I mean, already today, packages are recyclable, are recycled in those countries where there is a good infrastructure of recyclers and by increasing the amount of paper fiber in the structure we're reducing the co2 associated so the carbon footprint of the package and we're making the package more attractive for the recyclers another important innovation we're taking away the foil, the aluminum barrier and replacing that with the barrier which is and this is quite unique in the industry with uh, it's a paper-based barrier. Again, it goes in the direction of increasing the amount of renewable content of the package, improving the recyclability and reducing the carbon footprint of the packaging. Another area where we are uh, innovating, for example, is in our filling machines. Today, you can imagine, I mean, globally, there is a little bit less than 1% uh, of waste uh, of uh, packages during the, the, the filling process. Now, with the new uh, development on the platform, we're going to reduce in the coming years uh, that amount to even a, a lower level. So these are just uh, some examples of the, how we are investing in innovation to improve, uh, let's say, the sustainability of the packaging and uh, reducing the food waste.
0: How do you see the roadmap for this changes to take place, uh, any time schedule or uh, already existing products? <laughs>
1: Well, let's say that it is uh, you know I think I see this as a continuous uh, as a continuous process and uh, the again uh, the ambient packaging is something that started uh, now more than uh, six years ago almost uh, seven years ago and uh, so you can say that uh, the innovation uh, was in uh, in Tetra Pak. In this innovation mindset was in Tetra Pak, uh, since the beginning. What uh, some very recent innovation is, for example, since, since last year in uh, in Europe, we have been using this uh, packaging material without uh, alu foil. We are also replacing the uh, the plastic in the material, in the structure of the material with, uh, let's say, oil-based plastic with the plant-based plastic. And in this this way, we are also reducing the carbon footprint. And in the coming year, we will make more widely available this new structure of packaging material. On the processing, I mentioned uh, this uh, innovative way to process the soybeans, and there is more to come.
0: Let me talk about innovation and uh, uh, also this uh, type of changes. Uh, are you doing all this process inside your company or are you working with entrepreneurs coming from the outside?
1: Uh, well, this is a very, a very good question. Uh, thank you, for Kai, for that. No, I think th- uh, there are two main uh, element that comes to my mind. First of all is uh, we are part of a very wide network uh, with the universities and uh, uh, both in Italy, in Sweden and across the globe. So that is uh, for sure one kind of partnership that we have. But then we're also partnering with uh, uh, with some startup. For example, there is a food processing uh, incubator, which is called uh, Fresh Start. We're also partnering with uh, some companies that are that are startups for new food. When I say new food, it means something that is not coming from juice or from a dairy product, but maybe is more associated with the plant-based or it is even with insects. I mean, if we will have time, I'll give you some hints about that. So, no, definitely, we believe that being part of a wide network and collaborating with with different players with Producers, which are typically our customers, with the retailers and, uh, you know, with the other, other guests of the, this uh, uh, session. Uh, I'm sure that there will be opportunity to highlight that.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned also the retailer and, and also when do you, and we, in this program, we're going to have uh, the consumer representative uh, talking about their perspective of, of, of waste. And, Uh, When do uh, the consumers see uh, some changes uh, based on your innovation and your process and the development of of the packaging?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think that uh, consumers have been starting, uh, uh, I mean, I've been seeing uh, innovation coming in the last few years. For example, uh, um, by introducing, uh, um, replacing the fossil-based plastic with the plastic coming from uh, from plants and uh, from sugarcane pa- consumers have seen declared on the package that the amount of renewable content so coming from plants in the package has been increasing as well as the carbon footprint of the package has been reduced and it is something that in the last few years customers have already seen Europe, uh, since a couple of years, uh, customers have seen, consumers have seen on the shelf, uh, brands like Lactalis and me advertising and communicating that in their package, they, uh, the plastic is coming from a certified recycled plastic. So it means that there is uh, upstream, uh, the use of plastic is not uh, completely from virgin, uh, let's say, uh, oil plastic, but it is coming from, it is sourced from recycled plastic. And these are things that are communicated on the packages, so consumer would see that part. Then, of course, there is, a, you can argue, there is also the, the let's say, the legislation-driven uh, innovation in Europe with the single-use plastic, uh, you know, p- plastic straws have been replaced by paper straws, and now we're having the caps on the on the packages that have to be tethered, have to be connected to the package. This is something that will become mandatory from July 24. So this is also something that consumer will see on the shelf, uh, and again, which has a, a better impact uh, on the uh, on the on the planet.
0: Can you summarize Tetra Pak's actions to meet targets?
1: Look for sure the, uh, if I look at in particular the packaging side the, the big priority uh, I already uh, alluded to it before is by replacing the the structure uh, of the material taking out the aluminium and replacing the uh, the barrier with the if uh, let's say a paper or paper fiber based body in this way we increase the content of renewable we make the packages to be recyclable so also for the recycler there is a, a higher value and we are making reducing the carbon footprint of the package that is for sure a priority then we are investing and collaborating with these startups for the uh, what i call the, the the new food so something that is i mean of course uh, with our customers, uh, there are, there is a still a lot of uh, packaging of a dairy or juice uh, uh, product being uh, packaged in our packaging. But uh, we also want to make sure to collaborate with those uh, pa- uh, customers that are uh, going to use... Uh, uh, plant-based product to create, for example, alternative to yogurt, instead of having dairy-based yogurt, we'll have a plant-based yogurt. Uh, Plant-based beverages are already well-established and it's about improving their taste and improving the fiber content, for example. Uh, On the processing side, so on the thermal treatment side of our packaging, there is also a, sorry, on the, on the thermal treatment side, the processing side, there is a clear priority in reducing the amount of energy, the amount of water used for these processes. So these are some of the directions on which we are investing. We believe that packaging has, is playing a very, very important role because on one end, we need to tackle food waste because we need to make food available to more people on the planet maybe we can also discuss about the you know the the forecast the increase of the population that we see you know we're talking about 9.9 billion people on the planet probably by 2050 so there will be the need for more food packaging has to play a role to reduce the 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 waste and to make available more food but then packaging cannot be a problem i mean packaging has to address and make more food available but packaging needs to bring the responsibility of not having a negative impact on the planet so packaging has to play a fundamental role in making a role in making the food processing and the food packaging sustainable meaning having a a lower impact on the planet in terms of CO2, in terms of CO2 emission, in terms of water usage, in terms of energy usage in general. Great,
0: Francesco. Uh, uh, it was great to have you here in in Transformers and uh, I think we've we gotten the insight of, of what's going on in ThetaPack on these uh, particular areas and uh, and uh, to solve the, the crisis with the waste and, and find solution on it. So thank you very much, Francesco, for participating in Transformers today.
1: Kai, thanks a lot. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk with you and having the opportunity. This is something that makes us, uh, all of us in Tetapak extremely passionate about. Uh, again, we have a big role to play in with packaging and we want to play it, so. Thank you, Francesco.
0: We now will talk to Axel Boetius. He heads the recycling initiative for 200 shops of the Stockholm Consumer Co-ops. There is a total of 800 stores throughout Sweden with over 3.8 million members of which 1.2 million or in the Stockholm region. Welcome Axel Boetius. Uh, how do Stockholm Consumer Cooperative Society
2: address the food waste? So, so we do a lot of initiatives uh, in regards to, to the food waste. It's, it's actually our, our main focus uh, in terms of sustainability initiatives where we see where we can uh, provide uh, the most value is in, in food waste prevention one very important part as a as a supermarket when it comes to food waste is of course being synchronized when it comes to procurement there are systems now that, that are used within our stores to uh, to be more calculative when it comes to to the procurement of the food so we don't buy too much but we should also be aware that a lot of food waste is not produced within the stores but uh, at the homes of our consumers. So uh, a lot of focus is also there in terms of education, trying to sell food that is sustainable in terms of time, to also inform about expiry date, that it's actually possible to eat the food after the expiry dates. It's been something that we've been informing about for many years now.
0: Uh, you mentioned procurement, and, uh, uh... That means also a lot of collaboration with the, in the business-to-business relationship. Uh, can you give us some example how you work with the with the suppliers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so
2: um, in the past, it's been very much uh, up to one pe- person, the, the personnel in the stores, to for that specific category to order in whatever is needed. But now there are, as I said, systems that can help the personnel to. Say if you have a discount for product A that might be then competitive with product B. If we, we make a discount offer for for one product and we order in a little bit less of the other, because that won't be sold as much, so we don't have to, to throw that away. So that's one part. But also using collaborations and systems and strategies to, to sell the, the, the food to a lower price before it has reached its its expiry date. So things like that are, are continuously uh, improved. I think there's still a lot to be done, but, but we're working a lot on that within the stores.
0: What waste reduction targets uh, do you have in, in uh, the consumer cooperative society?
2: I think we, we, we should always strive for zero mentality of, of having no waste. But uh, lowering it by 10% should be a possibility within a short amount of time, and then working from that.
0: How do you create a culture of waste reduction that can motivate your members, employees, to work to meet your targets? I think everyone should
2: be uh, informed and educated in this question. One thing is how we, we produce our food, uh, to have recipes available on our on our website, in our membership magazine and so on, to enable people to uh, to make something out of what you have at home. And I think also what we've seen now that we have this unfortunate situation of food prices going up uh, everywhere that we become more innovative and uh, we, we are actually able to, to make something out of whatever we already have. Since a lot of the, the food business is volume based, it's an interesting challenge to have a work a financially working supermarket chain because if we succeed with the, the food waste prevention, then obviously the the volumes in general throughout the market. If we succeed in food waste prevention, then volume will go down because we we won't have to buy as much food because we want to be successful long-term with supplying the the customer or the member with as much value as possible. But we also have to to have a working business model. So having those two combined is is something that we're looking at very much.
0: You, You mentioned also collaboration is it any collaboration with your competitors in the market
2: so so everyone's interested in the same thing we have to to make this work so so we have meetings and forums together where we discuss how to work with packaging uh, to design the packaging in the the, the best way to a minimize the packaging but also uh, keep the food fresh for as long as possible what what, what is possible and
0: what role does the inventory the management play in the redu- reducing of food waste you
2: no know, a lot I would say, especially in the food waste produced in within the stores and and uh, making the right kind of purchases for the stores for the members knowing consumption patterns uh, what sells when a lot of focus on analytics I think we can all be even more educated and we're working with having this focus on food waste throughout the, the whole system
0: how do you feel about the sales of ugly products that's uh, has been an issue for a time uh, i think it's, it's it's very
2: positive that it's possible to do so also a question of education there's of course been a when when you ask the question, are you ready to buy this and that product that looks in a certain way? Most people say yes. In a if you're asked in the street, but then standing in the, in the store, it might be a different question. So I can just go to myself sometimes when when you look and, and you just take the nicest look at uh, vegetable. There is definitely possibilities to to work more with that and with that work throughout the value chain before it comes into the stores.
0: So when we talk about uh, both your members and consumers, how do you prepare them for this change?
2: We've had forums and um, talks on this issue, both online. We have members that are already uh, maybe a little bit more engaged in what we do, what they want to buy at, at the, the Coop stores because it's green. Historical DNA of, of, of trying to do the right thing, working with organic in the past, but it's definitely an educational question. And for us, it's 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 very important that we're democratic. So if it's what members want, it's it, it, it's it's what's going to happen.
0: Do you think you can do more?
2: We can always do more. I definitely think so. Uh, there is a lot of interest out there. It, 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 there is a possibility to come out on social media and and reach more young people discussing these issues. But there is also a lot of a lot of communication out there and and to reach them. We have to know what we're saying, be aligned. It's always we have to take the first step of of talking about something while not really being there in the stores, because we have to have products that, that sell today also.
0: You are an old organization, has been in the market for many years, and uh, uh, you have a different generation. Do you see any different uh, awareness in uh, how the members acting in different age? No, it's interesting now that we
2: see the, the, the new generations being very aware, having a very strong-minded new uh, purchasing pattern, a possibility of, of focusing on something. If you have a lot of time, you, you might be able to focus on these issues, but then going through my, my own perspective, even though I've been working with this, if you're a, a young parent, full-time job, uh, you just have to get food on the table for hungry kids. Maybe it's it has to go faster. The challenge is to, to, to provide possibilities for people to do the right choice where the right choice is easier than the wrong one. But definitely young generations being more aware of environmental questions, striving for them, working a lot through, through cancellation culture that you might not go to a place to, to show specifically, but you might not go somewhere because uh, you don't feel that they're aligned with your values or they, they're doing enough. But we definitely have a lot to do in that field of approaching new interested generations, food consumers.
0: You mentioned also that you are a democratic organization. Uh, How is uh, the members' uh, role uh, to raise their voice in this type of question?
2: People calling and emailing with, uh, with ideas on how to do things better. Just before this call, someone called about telling me about their experience in Germany and how they work with Packaging in the stores to, to allow you to carry home your your groceries uh, without plastic bags, and there are a lot of people with with ideas. So we work with the yearly summit where you're able to uh, bring in motions for for change that you want to see. Historically, uh, with the example of organic food in, in Sweden, that was a motion through uh, a cooperative society in Sweden. We also have the the power through our organization to facilitate changes if we come together, and that's what the the members want.
0: So far in our program today, we have learned how Tetra Pak is not only transforming packaging, but also developing new food processes and innovating to reduce waste. We also heard how the Stockholm Consumer Cooperative is tackling ways to educate their 3.8 million members to cut food waste to less than 1% of their turnover by 2025. Our final guest is Sylvie Shin. And she will tell us how one can make money from selling circular carbon credits generated from food waste. There is a chance to avoid food waste and make money at the same time, even for a small to medium sized company. Let us see what she has to tell us. Sylvie Shin, can you tell us about Clear CO2? What is it about?
3: So we're a fintech company, basically. What we do is that we are supporting the organizations which are reducing food waste. For instance, that's where we start. So any reduction in food waste is reducing carbon emissions. So we certify those savings, and these can be traded and sold on the voluntary carbon market at the moment. So all the organizations which are uh, having emissions, yeah, and need to compensate these emissions can buy those uh, certificates from other companies who have savings in carbon emissions. So when food uh, goes to landfill and, you know, is rotting, basically this creates methane, Yes, so this Mm. produces methane, which is twenty—I mean, which was a few weeks ago twenty times more, let's say, uh, polluting as CO two emissions, and now has even a factor of eighty. Yeah. So imagine how damaging this is for the environment. Yeah. This is Mm. uh, really—I mean, methane is one of the greenhouse gases. Mm. Yeah.
0: So what do you offer the your clients and uh, in the market?
3: So usually. Uh, What we found out is that there are solutions for large companies, large projects. So this is taken care of. You have consultants. You have a lot of people supporting this complex uh, calculation. But for small, mid-sized enterprises or organizations, there's nothing. So basically, there's nobody helping them because they have no obligation to reduce their carbon emissions. Yeah, So they have no targets, nothing, and they also don't have help usually, no financial help. So what's the point of making investment in reducing emissions if, let's say, nobody's asking you to do it? What we want to do is to incentivize carbon reductions for all small, mid-sized organizations, which are 90% of all organizations. It's huge, yes. And, um, yeah, that's why we want to have a great impact. This is really disruptive and we are catalyzing decarbonization. and we start in the food system.
0: And this is on the voluntary market, is that? Yes,
3: that's where we start. Mm -hmm. But of course, once we reach the volumes, we can also go on the mandatory market. In our case here, we are avoiding carbon emissions. So instead of capturing, we are just making sure that carbon uh, dioxide or methane doesn't go into the atmosphere. So in our, I mean, in in this sense, it's quite effective. I mean, both work together, right? What we're doing is that we're focusing on local carbon credits, yes? So you can, you know, you can uh, reduce food waste locally. You don't have to go to the southern hemisphere to, you know, to uh, countries where you're planting big forests, for instance, yes? Mm. So Mm. basically you 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 can do that locally. That's the key message. Can you
0: give some example of uh, a client that you work with?
3: So, for instance, right now we're working uh, on a pilot with the Viennese food bank. Uh, and the food banks, of course, uh, avoid food surplus from supermarkets or farmers to go to waste. They pick it up and they can also uh, deliver it, distribute it to people in need. Yeah, of course, they cater for refugees, for, um, you know, for homeless people, for many other populations. You know, we have a crisis right now. So 10 times more people are hungry at the moment, yeah, and going to food banks. So what we offer is that, let's say, collect information to prove that the uh, food uh, waste saving really happened. Yeah, So we document everything, we document the whole process, we collect the proofs also, and all this information can be collected through our um, platform. So we have a software platform DDA, uh, developed for that. What we're doing then is once this uh, data is prepared, this can go through an audit process with third-party auditors that we're working with and that any client can choose yeah, on its own. And once this is audited, we can then certify. So we are creating the certificates, but we are really taking our clients by the hand. Yeah. So it's really we not only certify, I mean help collect the data, certify, but also we trade. Yeah. So we collect the money and then basically we give it back, we just collect our are cut out of that, and uh for instance, for the Viennese food bank, we planned that we could generate about one hundred thirty thousand euro worth of carbon credits per year that's about ten percent of the that's annual brilliant. budget, so that's yeah that's pretty interesting, yeah? yeah, and right now it's really needed.
0: Any other example that you are involved in?
3: Yes, so we have some other clients in um, plastic waste reductions, recycling and reductions. That's where uh, we can have also some emission reductions. Anything that's waste, we call those circular credits in this case. We avoid the waste to happen. We avoid then the emissions to happen or let's say producing more. If we recycle, for instance, yeah, we can reuse the material. Without using natural resources, then there are also other types of uh, uh, certifications, just like the very standard ones, also with uh, energy reductions. Yeah, but of course, what we do is that we work very differently from the existing certification companies because we tailor our solutions to uh, small, mid-sized organizations, which need uh, really different solutions, which are more integrated, more automated and standardized and much easier and often also with outsourced um, you know stuff because they don't have anybody internally to take care of that. So we're yeah. a kind of one-stop shop.
0: Uh, how is it to work with, uh, with SMEs and traders and buyers? Are they interested to buy purchase, uh, or purchasing carbon credits?
3: We have different types of buyers. We have, I mean, even small, mid-sized organizations are interested in uh, offsetting, in, uh, in buying, because they want to often reach carbon neutrality. So that's one way. Anybody can do it. Yeah? Those interested in offering carbon neutral credits can do that, and we have high-quality carbon credits and local. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, the other buyers, as I mentioned at the beginning, these are more corporates for instance, those who need to offset anyway. And the, the good thing we offer is that we have full traceability over supply chains. That's what we build, yes? So it's a kind of insetting also. It means that uh, corporates can decide to invest uh, and buy the credits from their own suppliers. So helping the whole sup- their own supply, whole supply okay. chain to uh, decarbonize.
0: Well, uh, it has been some discussion about criticism of uh, the carbon offset system and, and companies that are buying them free. And uh, do you have any views of, uh, when you do work with the client, that they're trying to reduce their impact on food waste uh, in the normal business activities, first, before they're buying
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, the credits?
3: That's a very good question because we 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 get this uh, asked quite often. Yes, uh, a lot of people are just saying, "Oh, carbon offset, so bad." Yeah, and I think it's um, we need to rectify those views. Basically, everybody is trying to reduce emissions. Yeah, everybody. Uh, those who don't, it's just a short time uh, view and all those companies are going to go into major troubles why because food uh, the, the, i mean the prices of um, of carbon emissions you know of let's say uh, emitting carbon is going higher and higher yeah so if you don't start today to remake really efforts in reducing your carbon emissions you're going to pay the price very soon <laughs> yes mm-hmm. so that's one thing so everybody's trying but it's hard It's hard, yeah, you know, it takes time to put all the measures into place and until it, uh, you know, you get the results, it's taking a few years. So in this time, you know, having the opportunity to offset, but offset with high quality carbon credits, yes, Uh, which really make a difference to avoid or capture carbon emissions. I mean, that's a way in between to go.
0: Well, you mentioned earlier uh, about uh, the standards and methodologies and uh, the certification process is sometimes uh, takes times and, and it's uh, complicated to measure. And can you offer some help?
3: We give them, I mean, the methodology for us is, uh, is more cut into quick wins yes so it's uh it's not like the very complicated and very complete and exhaustive uh certification that we do we cut you know, the different opportunities into smaller chunks yes and we can give a kind of checklist so the advantage of this type of certification is that it's education in the same time many companies just don't know where to start so we can Uh, We can help them identify what are the savings, we can help identify uh, the return on investment, if you start one of those measures, what are the solutions that can be used, so for instance we're working with startups also which have solutions to uh, reduce carbon emissions, we certify them so we can calculate for Companies who want to use these solutions, what they could do, and we create those checklists that they can uh, really uh, work in a in a very concrete and easy way.
0: Which measurement system are you working on base of the Greenhouse Gas Protocol with the scope one, two, and three?
3: I mean, right now we're focusing on scope one and two because we work along supply chains. So we are very, we're tracing the credits to avoid double counting and really offer the highest quality and transparency. So by tracing along the supply chain, it means that our uh, scope one and two is a scope three of the client or the the supplier, for instance. So through working along a supply chain, we do cover the scope three, which is actually quite interesting because scope three is really hard to measure, Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: It's a growing interest uh, in all part of the business uh, market that the scope three and the supply chain process. But you can offer a solution that uh, help the small businesses to to meet uh, the other bigger businesses in this field of the market.
3: They are usually the suppliers, yes, of, or or mm. could be also the clients of those bigger businesses. So you know everything is intertwined. So. I mean, it's really about cooperation, interoperability of data, that's what we offer, and traceability, of course.
0: It also talks about the certification standard in the market where you mention VERA. What do you say about the the VERA system of of methodology and, and processes?
3: I think it's very complete. It's been, you know, worked on in a very scientific way also over years. I mean, we we are actually including the VERA methodology in our methodology. So we are are based on different standards that we combine together to make it suitable for uh, SMEs, for instance, Mm -hmm. yeah? So we know it very well. Um, I mean, most of our uh, solution is based on that. But as I said, like we work a bit differently. We we adapt it to the use cases that we have. I mean, of course, we we do work differently. <laughs> I mean, it's more on the process side. We do see a couple of uh, gaps uh, that we need to fill, <laughs> and um, just like for instance. Um, you know, certifications of these big bodies is usually after one year. You were mentioning before that it takes, you know, a long time to be able to certify. That's what we want to change. Yeah, we, through the data that we are gathering and through the processes and the automation, we want to be able to certify every month. I mean, ideally. So we could be much faster to go to market because we have smaller chunks, those quick wins and uh smaller chunks and quick wins means also that we can adapt more to seasonal food if we focus on food at the beginning as i said our certification is going to go into other areas but really at the beginning is really focusing on food and seasonality plays a big role
0: what are the main challenges uh, in in the process
3: Okay, the main challenge that we see is to improve the data collection process. usually it's tedious you know people just hate feeding forms, so we we kind of really need other solutions to be able to capture the data, make it very make it, make it, make, it, make it very painless yes there is a, there is a carrot which is money, <laughs> so uh, we do have an advantage, but still you know it's a uh, return on investment calculation. If it takes too long, um, if you need too many people to be able to do it, it's not going to happen. So that's our job. We're just working on it to hack this problem and and make it really, You know, easy, one-stop shop, automated. Getting even the services to be able to do it for our SMEs so they don't need to worry too much about it with the data entry. But they do need to do a few
0: things. When you look at the potential for SMEs, the small business enterprises, to use the food system carbon credits, how big is it?
3: Well, actually, it's a big market because simple as that, uh, you know, uh, food is one of the biggest uh, you know, systems in market. You have agri-forestry and also the whole food industry. As you mentioned before, like uh, I think 8% of all global emissions is uh, caused by food waste. So, and 33%, approximately, of uh, all emissions are uh, caused by the food system, let's say. Yeah? No, it's not even the food system. I mean, we're broader than that, but the food, let's say the food sectors, Covering uh, agri and food uh, food production, so uh, you know it's big. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it seems to be very much of need of collaboration and go out of the box and and meet other partners than you maybe normally do. But uh, how can you inspire and collaborate with other stakeholders to be the change maker in this process?
3: Yes, cooperation is one of our. <laughs> Main values. Yeah, we are very open. We are international already as a team. Yes, we are distributed. So we are already uh, open and, uh, you know, uh, by design. In this case, we're having uh, stakeholders, which are actually, you know, cooperating already like um, uh, auditors. I mean, without auditors, we wouldn't be able to offer the whole service. So, I mean, it's it's wired in our DNA that uh, we want to cooperate with most of the people. And actually, I'm very aware of co-opetition. I mean, in certain cases, yeah, of course, um, this is still a new market. We don't have that much competition. It's always in some specific areas, yeah? And, I mean... The market is so big as we mentioned before that there's space for cooperation and there's space for everyone and when we dig deep down uh, there is i mean there's nobody who's doing exactly the same thing Mm. so um yeah at the same time i can say it openly we're open for corporations we just need to define very clearly who's doing what and if we work together to make the cake bigger how do we split it
0: (laughs) what's your vision and mission for the future
2: Mm -hmm.
3: Our mission has been, I mean, and my personal mission since over a decade has always to be making trusted choices, trusted food choices for my health, for the society and for the planet. Yes. And our mission is really to heal the broken food system. That's what we're passionate about, our whole team, uh, everybody who's joining us. Right now we start with decarbonization but i've always wanted to know what's in my food where does it come from and how it's been produced so that's why we have developed this expertise and we can do that now with uh, carbon emissions so yeah that's our mission
0: <laughs> great sylvia thank you francesco axel and sylvia it was great to have you in transformer studio today and and to give the listener a different perspective how to solve the food waste challenge
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: I'm Kai Embren. Follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, where I will be announcing the future guests to this podcast, and you can expect about two programs a month. And each guest has a unique story of making business and society sustainable. So find out more. Visit my homepage, kaiembrun.org. Thank you for listening.